Who are the real people we consider our sages? Who were they in life? What is the legacy they left us? Join Rabbi Danny Saxton for the next hour as he explores the lives of our Torah giants, the spiritual geniuses who shaped the way we approach Judaism today. That's Focus on Our Sages right now on 101.9 High FM. afternoon. Welcome to Soul to Soul. Great to be with you. As always on our Wednesday afternoons, we hope everybody had a wonderful Yom Tov and uh, we've been through such a beautiful process uh, starting with the beginning of Tishrei with Rosh Hashanah, Aser Tshuva, Yom Kippur, then the frantic preparation for Sukkot and then the beautiful Yom Tov of Sukkot. Um, the first two days of Yom Tov, Cholom Oed, and the conclusion with Hoshana Rabbah, Shmini Atzeres, Simchas Torah. So this is not just a, you know, exciting time to have our cute little quaint festivals, um, but rather this is supposed to be the foundation of the year, the beginning of our year, the start of the preparing um, the groundwork for the entire year. And what is that groundwork? What is that foundation? So we have the first 10 days of Tishrei, or our um, Tshuva Shil Yira. We return to Hashem out of awe for God's power and for the regeneration of all of creation. And then that shifts to Tshuva Shil Ava, when we, um, la- we now turn that into a deep, meaningful, intimate relationship between us and Hashem. So that's what Sukkot is supposed to do for us. It creates that loving closeness between us and Hashem. And we finish off with Shemini Atzeret one more day. Hashem doesn't want us to leave. We have that last day. And Simchas Torah is the great celebration of the Torah. Because although we return back to normal and to our normal life, we still are different people because we have the Torah. Because the Torah um, is what connects us to Hashem in our regular daily routines. And that's the tremendous celebration on Simchas Torah. Um, we're very grateful this year that we were able to have our shuls. Um, when things were sparking in July and August, I never thought that we would be back to our communities and have minyanim um, for the Yomim Noraim for Sukkot. Uh, although they were different to what we used to, and we're following all the protocols very closely uh, to try and ensure that our shuls are safe places to come, and to Davin, but nonetheless, we're very grateful to have had Minyanim and to be have have been able to Davin with our communities um, together um, in these important and powerful holy days. Many um, chose not to come back, which is perfectly understandable and uh, makes a lot of sense in terms of the current situation and the pandemic. Um, but many did come back too. And uh, the Rabonim and the shuls made a great effort to ensure that shuls are safe to come and daven in. And a very big thank you, of course, to Professor Shub and to Professor Kramer and to Dr. Friedland for their guidance and for their protocols and framework that they set up for us to follow, um, both in terms of the timing when to go back and reopen the shuls and in terms of opening in a safe way. Um, and so... We had the Yomim Tovim, Baruch Hashem, and uh, we have this new beginning and this foundation that's been laid for the year. And we, um, the 
one, one of the highlights of all of these Yomim Tovim is the end of the process is Simchas Torah. And at Simchas Torah, so we have what's called the Hakafos, as we all know. We uh, go around the Bima seven times. So usually we're singing and dancing and holding the Sifrei Torah and everybody gets a chance to hold the Sefer Torah. But this year with the uh, protocols and the concerns of the spread of COVID, so um, only the Shliach Tzibur would be holding a Sefer Torah and be going around the the Bima. Um, so it was more difficult for us to connect to the energy and the power and the uh, importance of that celebration. Um, but nonetheless, um, there were different things that different shuls did. Our shul, the Sunny Road Kahila, what we did is that we asked each person to bring their own special Sefer that they connect to, that moves them, that touches them. And we learned from those forum in the night before Ma'ariv, which was on last Saturday night. And then each person held that Sefer during the coffers and was supposed to think about the power, importance, and beauty and light that Torah brings to our lives. And what we did is on, on Sunday, which was the completion of the reading of the Torah. So on Simchas Torah, we finish reading um, the cycle of the Torah. Uh, the difference between Simchas Torah and um, and um, the difference between Simchas Torah and Shavuos is that Shavuos is a celebration of the giving of the Torah. Simchas Torah is a celebration of the completing of the reading of the Torah. So we complete the reading of the Torah on Simchas Torah. Um, we finish the last parsha in the Torah, which is Zoy Sabrocha, um, which discusses, of course, the final blessings Moses gives the Jewish people and the passing of Moshe Rabbeinu of Moses. And then immediately we read from Sefer Bereshit. We read from the beginning of the Torah. So we go from the end to the beginning. And then we have a third Sefer Torah from which we read the Mafti. So it's actually quite an interesting halachic question. Um, wh- uh, why do we have the three Sifrei Torah? And also there's a difference. Um, there are two very great honors that are offered to members of the community. Um, or to, or the community joins together and gives it to the rabbi. There are different, uh, ways that it's done. Um, and those are the great, um, privilege and the great honor of being Hassan Torah, of being the, um, of being the one who, who has the aliyah for the completion of the Torah and Hassan Bereshis being the one who has the aliyah of the beginning of the new Sefer Torah. And we call them up in a beautiful way and it's a very exciting, um, and, and uh, beautiful times, the emotional time to be in shul because we're honoring two individuals with this great merit, this great honor of finishing the Torah and starting the Torah. And in some shuls, they pay a lot of money for that privilege and that honor. Uh, or people donate a lot of money and give it to the Rov, whatever it is. But it's interesting that the way we call up the person for the ending of the Torah, uh, we there's a whole long, beautiful blessing that's said. And we say, Amod, 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 Reploin, Ibn, so that's how we call the person who finishes the um, the Torah. And the person that we call who's, who reads Bereshis, we say, Amod, 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 Maher, Rebbe Ploini, Bimploini, Chassan, Bereshis. So we add Maher to the Chassan, Bereshis. Why do we add the Maher? Why is it a different Nusach, a different calling up? So we're going to answer that question um, when you when we come back after this ad break. So please do stay with us. We'll be back in a moment. This is Focus on Our Sages with Rabbi Danny Saxton on 101.9 High FM.
So we're talking about the interesting, one of the highlights of these Yom Tovim has been the completion of the Torah and the great honor we bestow on individuals who get chasen Torah and chasen Breshis. And the way we call them up is differently. We add maher to the um, chasen Breshis. Why is that so? So the Radvaz, the great Radvaz, Rav Davi Ben Zimri, who is actually the Rebbe of the Arizal, um, he points out that the Gemurim Megillah says that on Simcha's Torah, we should only bring out two Sifrei Torah. One's for Zosah Brocha and one's for Maftir. The Gemurim doesn't mention anything about a third, third Sefer Torah in which we read Bereshis. And the Torah says that, he says the three Sifrei Torah, the third Sefer Torah is, is Bereshis, which implies that it comes afterwards. So Radvaz explains a beautiful thing, a beautiful idea. And he says that when we finish the Torah, we finish Zosah Brocha, which is the final Parsha in the Torah. So we are concerned that the Satan, the Satan is the Sitre Achra, is the dark spiritual forces in the world, that they will come up with an allegation and with an accusation against the Jewish people. And they'll say, they finished reading the Torah, but now they think they've arrived. They've become complacent and they've become lazy and they're resting on their laurels. And so um, there would be an accusation against us. And so therefore immediately, as soon as we finished reading the Torah, so we, even though it's not Michoi Vasayom, that's the main point, is that um, the reading of Bereshish, is you complete the reading of the Torah, complete the reading of the cycle. That's what Simcha's Torah is all about, is complete the cycle. And there, and we have the Maftir as well, which is Michoi Vasayom, which means an obligation for the day. But Bereshish, which is not Michoi Vasayom, but says the Radvaz, since um, we would be accused by the Satan, that we're resting on our laurels and we're not carrying on and we're not enthusiastic and motivated to learn, so immediately we read Bereshis as well. And even though it's not Mikhoyev Sayoim, the, the Sfora is so compelling that it actually becomes part of the reading, becomes Mikhoyev Sayoim. Be, and it, it comes before the Maftir, immediately after the reading of the Sabrocha, and the Kaddish, which we say, the Chesi Kaddish that we say after the reading, goes on Bereshis because it, it, it's so powerful and so important that we immediately start again. And the Chida also says, the great and holy Chida says, that's why the Haftoira for Simcha's Torah comes from the beginning of Nevi'im, the beginning of the prophets, comes from the book of Yoshua, the book of Joshua, from the beginning, because it's the same principles. We're saying, not only we finish the Torah, but also we're going to learn the Nevi'im. We learn the prophets as well. We don't uh, stop where we are, but we carry on learning both the Torah and the prophets um, that is uh, uh, so important to us that we, we don't stop. And the Menorah Samaora, which was a, a great rov, um, he said in Sfard, in Spain, so there was a minak, there was a custom that um, we, um, there was a interesting custom that they would um, read after the Torah reading on Simchas Torah, they would read the Mishnayas of Chagiga, which is... Um, uh, about the Yom Tov, straight away, because they also wanted to show, not only we finished the Torah, and we started gaining the Torah from, from Devarim to Bereshis, but also we read the Navim Yoshua, and we read the Torah Shabbat, we learn Torah Shabbat, which is Mishnayas. So that's a, a beautiful custom that they would have in Spain, and when the Jews were in Spain. So we see the Stipler highlights this, the Stipler go and says that that's why the Nusach of the Chasen Bereshis is Maher, Amod, 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 Maher, Reploini, Benploini, Chasan, Bereshis. The reason why is because um, we want to counter this accusation of the Satan and show that we don't stop when it comes to learning Torah 
and we keep going and it's simple, central to us and central to our lives and it's a cycle. The cycle continues and we make a great effort to ensure that the cycle con- continues and doesn't come to an end. Okay, that's a, it's a beautiful idea as to uh, what we just did on Simchas Torah. So now I want to share with you another very important idea, which is really an extension of this. Both of these ideas I heard from Rabbi Gladstein, um, a wonderful Rav who uh, lives in the United States. So um, Rabbi Gladstein points out a beautiful, um, two beautiful comments of the Bal Haturim on Bereshis. So this Shabbos, this week, we go back to the beginning and we start reading Pasha's Bereshis from the beginning. And the word Bereshis, says the Baal Haturim, has um, two very interesting, well, it has a number of very interesting, he goes through many, many different hints and deep concepts that are in the, the first uh, six letters of the Torah of Bereshis. But two of them, he says, the first one of them, he says, is Bereshis can be, the letters can be broken up into Barasa Yesh. That are, so what does Barasa means? You created Yesh is 310, that Hashem created 310 worlds. What does that mean? So the Mishnah in Uksin, Uksin is the very last Masechta of the Mishnah. The Mishnah, that's the 11th Mishnah of the third chapter of Uksin. The Mishnah says, Amar Rabbi Yeshua bin Levi, Rabbi Yeshua bin Levi says, Atid HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Vahanchil L'Kol Tzadik V'Tzadik Shalosh Meos V'Asara Oilamos. That says that in the future, Hashem will give to righteous people 310 worlds. Shneimar is the Pasuk in Mishlei says, Bahanchil o'avai yesh. To inherit my beloved yesh, there's 310. There's 310 worlds that the righteous will inherit in the next world. That's what, so that's what the Bereshi stands for, Barasa yesh, that Hashem created um, 310 worlds. Yesh is shin yud, shin is 300, yud is 10. Gematria says 310 worlds that Hashem created. And that's referring to 310 worlds for the righteous. Now there's another comment that the Balaturi makes and he says that the Gematria, the numerical value of the word Bereshis equals the same numerical value of the words Shesh Sadarim. Six orders. It says that they, they equal the same. So Rabbi Gladstein shows that these two comments of the Balaturim actually are reflecting or connected to one another and reflecting the same principle. And he gets that from the great and famous Rabbi Ruben Margolius, who wrote an incredible perush on Shas. And he writes over there that the 310 worlds that the righteous inherit, are they uh, correspond to the 310 chapters of Mishnayas. So we know we have a Torah Shabbat, the five books of Moses, and, and Tanakh, which is all of the books of the Bible, the 24 books of the Bible. And then we have a Torah Shabbalpi, an oral law, an oral tradition, an oral Torah. And the oral Torah has um, the the Mishnah, which is the basic body, the, the overview, the structure of the oral Torah. The Mishnah has um, 310 chapters in the Mishnah. So there's six Siddharim, six orders of the Mishnah, and there are 310 chapters. So, um, Rav Yaakov Bornstein quotes the Arizal. The Arizal says that when we end, uh, the end of the Torah Sheba Alpeh, the end of the oral tradition, connects with the beginning of the Torah Sheba of Bereshis. There's a connection between complete, completing the oral tradition and beginning new the written Torah, the Bereshis. 
So what is that? And that is that we end with this concept of that um, the righteous will inherit 310 worlds, and then we start with Bereshus. And the word Bereshus is the gematria of Shesh Sadarim, of these 310 chapters of Mishnah, which are the 310 worlds. And the word Bereshus also is Barasa Yesh, that Hashem created the 310 worlds. So we see very clearly that there's a beautiful, powerful connection between the end of the oral tradition and the beginning of the written Torah of Bereshus. And that's a concept, that, like we just said, the concept of quickly we start Bereshus. And the concept of learning is a cycle. It never ends. It never stops. We keep going. We keep pushing on. We keep learning. As the Pasuk in Tehillim says, that we say, in, we say it in Halal, Open for me the gates of righteousness, that the righteous person, the holy person, is constantly pushing, is constantly opening the new gates of righteousness in their pursuit and their growth for greater spiritual levels. And that's why a, a Torah scholar is called a Talmud Chacham. A Talmud Chacham means somebody who is a Talmud, who is always learning, who is always, it's not, you've never arrived when it comes to Torah. You're always learning, you're always growing, you're always um, developing further and further because the Torah is infinite and we can never get there. We can never master all of the Torah. That's not possible. We're constantly learning and growing further. So that's this beautiful concept that the the end of the oral tradition connects to the beginning of the, of the written Torah and that is the uh, end, oral tradition ends that God will give 310 wills to the righteous and it starts with Bereshis, Barasa uh, uh, Yesh, Shem created 310 wills which is the matria Bereshis of Shesh Sadarim of the, of the six orders of the Mishnah, which is really a beautiful connection to um, what, what we've been saying on the continuation of the Torah where we start with Bereshis. And maybe that's one reason why when on Simchas Torah, in a normal year of Simchas Torah, we dance in circles. We dance around the Bima because the Torah is never ending. The Torah is a constant circle and it's constantly moving and we are all the time developing and growing and pursuing and, and trying to reach greater, higher spiritual levels. Okay, so now I want to share with you a very beautiful idea of Bereshis that comes from the Nesivo Shalom. Uh, Nesivo Shalom, the Sonim Revi, um, he's actually his first piece on the Torah. He's got a, a commentary on the uh, Chumash, on the Torah, which is five volumes, and the first Maimar, um, uh, the first essay on Bereshis, he asks a beautiful question. He says, why he quotes Rashi, the first Rashi in the Torah says that the first pasuk is Bereshis bara Elokim Hashem created the heavens and the earth. So why does the Rashi asks? Rashi quotes the Midrash that asks the question. I'm a Rabbi Yitzchak. Rabbi Yitzchak asks. Some say that's Rashi's father, um, Rashlomo ben Yitzchaki. That's Rashi. Rabbeinu is the Rash. Shlomo is the Shin. Yitzchaki is his father. Yitzchak. So. Um, he, the, uh, Rabbi Yitzhak quotes this, midra, this uh, midrash that says that the Torah really should have started from because that's the first mitzvah in the Torah. And that only comes much later. That only comes 13 parashas later in parashas Bo in Sefer Shmos. So the, the, the midrash says, why is the Torah beginning with Bereshis? Really it should begin with the mitzvahs. The Torah is a book of mitzvahs. The Torah is a book of commandments. The Torah is what God wants of us to do in this world. The commandments that God gives us to fulfill in his world. So why don't we start with the first commandment? Why don't we push it off um, to 
Why do we start with Bereshis? We should start with the and get straight into the meat of the Torah, which is the mitzvahs. Great question of the Midrash. The Midrash answers and says an incredible thing. The Midrash says the Torah starts with Bereshis because um, the, uh, the Torah, God's making it clear that God created the world. And when the nations of the world come to Klyusrael and accuse Klyusrael of taking the land of Israel from other nations, so we are able to answer and say God created the world, God gave different lands to different peoples, and God gave the Jewish people the land of Israel. That's God's world. God is entitled to do so. And therefore we have a legitimate claim to the land of Israel. Isn't that unbelievable? The Midrash writes that 2,000 years ago. Um, so therefore our claim to the land of Israel is legitimate and in fact is the most uh, powerful claim that any nation could have to any land because God who created the world gave us that land. So you don't have a stronger right and claim to that land. And anyway, uh, if you want to come and say the Palestinians, it's their land. Well, the Palestinians are not the original uh, nations that were the, the biblical nations that were there were seven nations that were in the land from which we conquered it. None of those nations exist anymore. They've all disappeared um, in, throughout through our long, through the long history of the world. And the, the Palestinians actually came from elsewhere in the Middle East and came to the land. So it's not they're not the original people that won the land. But anyway, the Torah is telling us that since God created the world, so we have a legitimate right to the land of Israel. Um, now. Uh, so that's a beautiful answer to the question. We start with Bereshis. We need to start with Bereshis in order to show that God created the world and God therefore can give uh, the land he chooses to the people that he chooses. Now, that only really answers the first 35 psukim of Bereshis. The first 35 psukim deal with the the creation of the world. But after that, there's there's much more to say for Bereshis than just the creation of the world. So really, Rashi has answered only the first 35 psukim. What about the rest of Sefer Bereshit? So if that's the case, we should go straight from the account of creation of the world into the mitzvahs. So why, what about every all the 13 parshas in between Bereshit and Pasha's book? So the Nesiva Shalom answers this question. Such a beautiful question. So let me just repeat it again because I want you to appreciate it because the answer is very beautiful and fundamental. Why is it that Yes, the question is, why do we start with Bereshis? The answer is, we start with Bereshis because Hashem created the world and give whatever land He wants to. But there's much more in Sefer Bereshis. There's another 13 parishes that deals with Abraham, Isaac, Yaakov, the Avos, the Imas, um, Yaakov's children, the going to the land of Egypt, etc. What, what's the relevance of all of those parishes? We haven't answered why they are in the Torah. If the Torah is simply a book of mitzvahs, we should skip straight from Bereshis, um, the account of the creation of the world, to the first mitzvah of Achol in Pasha's book. That's the question. Mesir Shalom answers very beautifully. Because Rabbi Chaim Vital, Rabbi Chaim Vital was the principal Talmud of the great Arizal, who was the, uh, they, the Arizal was the, uh, the great genius who unlocked the wisdom of the Zohar and introduced Kabbalah to the Jewish world in the 16th century. I mean, it was always there, but it was, uh, the Zohar was lost for many centuries and the Arizal, um, opened up the, the, the gates of the mystical wisdom. Um, from the 16th century onwards. Now, his great Talmud was Rav Vital, and Rav Vital writes in his Sefer, Shari Kedusha. He says that Midos Toivos, which means character, good character, is not included in the 613 mitzvahs, that the preparation for the mitzvahs is to develop one's character. And the bad Midos, bad character, is 
very destructive to a person and even more destructive than doing transgressions because our if we don't refine our character, we'll end up doing many transgressions. So we first have to refine our character and then we're ready to receive the Torah and to carry out the mitzvahs of the Torah. That's what the, um, the, the Reb Chaim Vital says. And so the question is, so where do we learn what good character is? Where do we learn how to perfect our character and with a framework within which to develop ourselves, to stay away from bad character traits and to enhance and develop good character traits? What's the model that we are now, of course, as Jews, all of our understanding comes from the Torah. As Jews, we look to the Torah for our understanding of life and the purpose of life, and we get all the answers. Every single question you could ask and every single uh, issue that you need to clarify is in the Torah. It's beautiful and it's clear and it makes so much sense and it's deep and it's so, so powerful and compelling uh, what the Torah tells us. So, of course, to learn how to develop our character, which is so essential to fulfilling the mitzvahs, that all is based in the Torah. It comes from the Torah. We see that in the Torah. Where do we see that in the Torah? We see that in these parashas of Bereshis. These parashas of Bereshis actually educate us what the right model is to develop our character, what we should stay away from, and what we should enhance and develop within ourselves. So we're going to elaborate on that in a moment, describe how beautifully Bereshis is really a safer of midas, of building our midas and building our character. Please stay with us. We'll be back in a moment. This is Focus on Our Sages with Rabbi Danny Saxton on 101.9 High FM. Nasir Shalom explains so beautifully that Sefer Bereshis is a Sefer of Midas, is the Sefer that teaches us how to develop our character. As the Gemurna Borazora says, She Sefer Bereshis Nikra Sefer Yasha. Sefer Bereshis is called the safer, the book of the straight ones. Because that is the safer of the patriarchs that are called the straight ones. And um, as the Pasuk says, Do that which is straight and good in the eyes of Hashem. So the important um, direction for the world to learn what character traits one should have and what character traits one should stay away from so that's um, told to us. That's uh, enumerated very clearly for us in Sefer Bereshis. And so it goes on to explain in Sefer Shalom that before we can learn what the good character traits are and what we should emphasize in our personalities, what he calls Tikkun, Oilema um, Tikkun, the world of Tikkun, which means the world of, of perfecting oneself, we first have to learn about the damaging, destructive character traits which cause great harm to us and to the world. And he says, so that's straight away in Bereshis. We see that uh, as the Mishnah Birka Avos says, Hakina Kina, which is jealousy, Taiva, which is the pursuit of uh, physical pleasure, and Kavod, the pursuit of honor um, and of self-recognition and, as, and, self, um, and pride, which is really what honor means, so those three character traits, Motsin Esa Adam Mina Olam, they remove a person from this world. They do great damage to a human being and could bring a person to uh, very low levels. And so straight away the Torah highlights that. As soon as 
uh, human beings are created in Sefer Bereshis. So we see Cain Vehevel. The, the first two children in the world are Cain Vehevel. And Cain is somebody who, um, uh, the Torah tells us, he, he is, uh, both Cain and Hevel brought, Cain and Abel brought an offering to Hashem. And Abel's, Hevel's offering is accepted by Hashem. And Cain's offering is rejected by Hashem. And Cain was so jealous of his brother and was so, it ate him up so severely that he ended up murdering his brother. So the Torah is showing us so powerfully that this uh, character trait of jealousy, unless it's controlled, if it goes unchecked, can lead us to do the most terrible, heinous things imaginable, like murdering one's own family, murdering one's own brother. So straight away we see that we have to control our jealousy and we have to ensure that it, we, it doesn't run away from us and destroy our lives. And then straight away, we have another very powerful lesson of the harm and damage uh, a bad character can can cause to us and can cause to the world. And that's the Dor HaMavu. That's the generation of the flood. Um, we know the Torah tells us the Dor HaMavu, it was caught up in taiva, in physical desire. As the, the Gemurin Chagiga says, that gezel, which is theft and rise, sexual immorality, those are things that a person desires. They're very strong. Everybody desires to have property and to have wealth and to uh, acquire um, wealth in this world. Um, so that's, of course, a very na- a natural basic need in a human being. And, of course, the sexual drive in a person is very strong and very... Uh, and uh, has is, is very powerful within all of us. So we see that that was the downfall of the Dor HaMabel, of the generation of the flood. Their tithers were unchecked and uncontrolled, and that led them to destroy the world and to destroy all of society to the extent that it was so corrupt that Hashem had to start again. So straight away, the Torah is telling us about Kina, the damage and destructive, devastating uh, uh, power of jealousy, that can destroy us, and the devastating power of taiva, of uh, physical desire, and the desire for our appetites for pleasure are so powerful. And finally, our appetites for power also could be our downfall and need to be controlled. And that is the pursuit of covered, of glory, and of honor. And that was the door haflaga. That was the door that built the tower, as the Torah says, hava nivne lanu so let's come together and we'll build for us this tower and its head will uh, go into the heavens. We'll penetrate into the heavens. And we'll become famous. We'll become, um, we'll build for ourselves a legacy of great fame in the world. And that obviously also was a great rebellion against Hashem and their pursuit of power led to their destruction and their downfall. So straight away, in Bereshis, we see the Sefer Ayashar, the book of the straight ones, we see um, these very, very dramatic lessons of the kina of jealousy, where Cain is a murder's hevel. We see the Dora HaMabel, the flood, because of their pursuit for pleasure in this world. They destroyed all of the world. And we see the pursuit for power and power led to the Dora flag, the building of the tower. So once that's highlighted in our minds, and the great danger of these three, and our sages teach us that these three um, headings of, of 
kina taiva kavod of jealousy, the pursuit of power, pursuit of pleasure. So all the bad mitzvahs that we have, all the bad character and mistakes we make in our lives really stem from these three categories, from these three headings. So once these have been taught to us by the Torah, the Torah then goes on to teach us how to develop the right character. We need to stay away from these three areas and control them very carefully in our lives, and we need to then build a positive character. And that positive character is the example of what those um, characteristics are, comes from the illustrious Abus and Imaus, from our patriarchs and from our matriarchs. The first is Abraham Avin. Of course, Abraham and Sarah were the epitome of chesed, of kindness. So as the, why is that the first one? Because the Pasuk is, Oilam chesed yibane. Pasuk in Tehinim Peites says that the world was created out of kindness. And the basis of everything is kindness. And we have to develop an appreciation and a desire to live a life of kindness and do acts of kindness and see God's kindness in the world. And so we have what's called the Shivas Haroim, the seven shepherds. Those seven shepherds, each one is the epitome of another positive character trait that we need to work on and build in our lives. So we start, the, the Bereshi starts out with the three bad character traits and the destruction that they cause in the world. And then tells us about the seven roim, the seven shepherds we call them. And those are the seven great holy giants that we welcome into our sukkah every night. The, what we call the ushpizin, the holy exalted guests that come into the sukkah. Abraham, Yitzhak, Yaakov, Yosef, Moshe, Aaron, Vodovid. So those seven, each one now, um, uh, gives us, is an epitome, an example of positive character traits that we need to work on. So we'll discuss very briefly what those character traits are when we return after this break. This is Focus on Our Sages with Rabbi Danny Saxton on 101.9 High FM. We've asked, answered the wonderful question of Nasiba Shalom, what's the relevance <clears throat> of all the parshas of Sefer Breshis. And the answer is based on Rav Chaim Vital that Derech Eretz Kadma the Torah, we first have to develop our character before we can receive the Torah. And so Sefer Breshis is Sefer Yashar, as it called in, is called in the Gemara, the book of straight ones, and it teaches us how to develop our character, what character traits to stay away from, and what character traits to engender and to develop in our lives. Stay away from Kina, Taiva, and Kavod, as we saw with Cain, um, and with the Dora Mabel and the Dora Flaga, with Cain, with the generation of the flood and the generation of the dispersion. And then the Torah focuses on developing good character. And we learn that firstly from Avram Avinu and those that follow. The Shivas Haruim, the seven shepherds, the seven exalted guests that we invite into the Sukkah. Avraham teaches Chesed, that one should see God's kindness in the world, one should see that the basis of this world is chesed, the existence of the world is built on the foundation of kindness, and we therefore need to dedicate our lives to act with kindness. Kindness begins at home, first with our spouse, uh, treat our spouse with love and with kindness and understanding and compassion, and provide the needs for our spouse, and that's our obligation in marriage. We need to treat our children with kindness and with love and with compassion and understanding and our parents and, of course, those around us in our society. 
We then learn from Yitzhak Avinu, the middah of Gevura. We see the tremendous strength of character of Yitzhak. In the light of the most difficult circumstances, he still stays loyal to his principles and stays the course. We see with the Akeda that his father wanted to shecht him on the Mizbeach, wanted to sacrifice him to him, which really ran in the face of everything that he understood and uh, and his father understood about the world, but they did it anyway because Hashem commanded them. Tremendous strength of character. Um, we see in Yisak Avinu self-control and dedication to serving Hashem, avoid Hashem. And we see in Yaakov Avinu the perfect blend between the two. The blend of Chesed and of Gevura creates Tiferes, which is splendor, which is beauty, which means using the physical world in the optimal and correct way. And we learn that from Yaakov Avinu's life with Lavan and how he's mistreated and how he's exploited. And nonetheless, he still brings sanctity, Kedusha, to that environment and to his life. And then we shift it. Then we have, of course, Yosef Atzadik. Yosef teaches us the middle of your sword of self-control in the sexual area of controlling one's sexual drives and desires with tremendous superhuman self-control. We learn that from Yosef. And how that's a very big part of building a life of Kedusha, of holiness, is controlling oneself in those areas. And then we move on to the goddess Mitzrayim, to the exile in Egypt. Why is that relevant? Why do we need to, um, firstly, what does the Torah tell us about us? And why do the Jewish people have to go through it? And the answer is that not only do we have to protect, perfect our character, as we've seen from the Avos, Abraham, Isaac, Yaakov, and Yosef, but also... We, in order for the Jewish people to receive the Torah, they had to go through the experience of Mitzrayim, which was Ger Yezarecha Be'eretz Lolahem, in a land that wasn't there, and the suffering of Mitzrayim purified the Jewish people. It's called the Kor HaBazel, the iron furnace, just like you put iron um, or metal in a furnace in order to strengthen it and to remove all the impurities. So the existence of the difficulty and the oppression and exploitation that we experienced in Mitzrayim removed the impurities from Klai Yisrael. Removed our by being attached to the material physical world, so all the bad midas feed on that. But by being in Mitzrayim, it purified us from our physical attachment and from our attachment to Gashmis, to the material physical world, and therefore resulted in Klai Yisrael being ready to receive the Torah. So Sefer Bereshit, the beginning of Bereshit, verse 35, Psukim, is to show God created the world and therefore gave us the land of Israel, and that is our legitimate, genuine right to the land of Israel. And the rest of Sefer Bereshit and Torah, the first mitzvah, is teaching us what mitzvahs to bad character traits to stay away from, what character traits to work on, and that we need to purify ourselves from our attachment to the material world, to the world of Gashmias. And that, therefore, was the preparation for the receiving of the Torah. And that's what Rav Chaim Vital is saying, that Derech Eretz the Torah, that the preparation to receive the Torah is that we have to work on our character and we have to remove ourselves from the attachment the material physical world. So that explains to us so beautifully the Pashas of Bereshis and the the um, beginning of the Torah that leads us to uh, our exile in Mitzrayim and the receiving of the Torah, which is obviously the climax of all of human existence when we receive the Torah at Mount Sinai. Thank you so much for listening and wishing everybody a wonderful year. Please, God, going forward, a year of healing, a year of light, a year of brocha, and please God, we should hear only good news from one another. Have a wonderful day.